0: hello and welcome to the me and my golf podcast we're your hosts and pga golf coaches
1: piers ward and andy proud each week we're going to share with you our 20 plus years of coaching experience to bring you top tips the latest information and trends along with some of the world's best in the golf industry to help you play the best golf of your life so what are we waiting for let's get to it and help you take charge of your game. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have a very special guest on today's podcast. We have European Tour winner, Ryan Fox. Now, Ryan Fox is a New Zealand golfer and he's one of the longest hitters, if not the longest on the European Tour with ball speeds, club speeds of over 120 miles an hour. Now, we actually did some filming with Ryan down at Fox Hills Golf Club in Surrey and we sat down with him for a more in-depth chat really about his life on tour what he's done to actually get there some of the sacrifices that he's made also his sporting background his father was a, uh, a rugby union player for the all Blacks, and his uh, his, his actually a granddad was a was a cricketer as well so he's come from a pretty um a pretty sporting background and how that has shaped his future we go into detail about that some of the best and worst things about being on tour it's a real in-depth sort of personal story from from Ryan. So uh, we know you're gonna enjoy this one. Let's get into it. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Great to see you. My pleasure. We've just had uh, a a nice experience on the course, yeah, playing some holes and a little match on the golf course and an instructional tip. Uh, But we now get into the podcast and we're here at the beautiful Fox Hills, just sitting outside. Um, It'd be great to just get a little bit of background from you, Ryan, just to where you come from and sort of a bit of history of your game and how you took up the game of
2: golf as a a youngster to get where you are today. I've probably got a little different history than most. Um, So I I always had golf clubs as as a kid. Um, Probably didn't get on a golf course till I was 10 with my old man. Um, Joined a club at 13, but golf was never serious for me. Um, I grew up in a rugby and cricketing family mainly, and I always thought cricket was going to be my sport. Um, And I, I actually played a year of senior cricket when I finished high school and didn't enjoy it as much as... I used to and um, gave up rugby, probably a few too many concussions and I was probably a bit too small to play <laughs> rugby back in New Zealand so I um, gave that up when I finished high school and started a law degree at Auckland University and um, got halfway through my first year of uni and decided I, I was missing playing a, a competitive sport. At that stage I played off two um, but it was a two round your home golf course where you could go out and shoot 74 and everywhere else you'd struggle to break 80 and I thought I'll give tournament golf a crack. I'd, I'd played a couple of junior tournaments before that at my home course, enjoyed them, played a little bit of junior interclub club stuff and just um, got a coach, got down to scratch and you know, in a couple of months just with actually doing some practice basically and um, played all right my first tournament, had a couple of rounds under par, uh, first tournament I played and I was I was hooked from there. And um, So you know, started tournament golf at, at 18 and, you know it was not the normal path out here but it was um, you know, I had enough experience competition-wise playing playing rugby and cricket and I actually played a lot of tennis growing up as well so um, you know, it was easy to take that into tournament golf and didn't turn pro until I was uh, well basically 25. Um, played for New Zealand, played Eisenhower, played um, you know all the top level stuff for New Zealand for, for three years and um, turned pro went to the Aussies tour school at the end of 2011 and played my, my first pro event in Aussie in 2012 when I was 25. So, so it's a bit of a late start was really, a, isn't yeah, it? Very, sure, yeah, very very late start comparatively, but um, you know, I still feel you know young out here, we're at you know, 32, you're kind of not anymore. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know it's interesting, isn't it? Because you get like the sports that you've done, you know, with the rugby and the cricket and You know, doing the other sports at a a younger age and a mixture of sports, certainly from from our experience, Pierce, certainly helps you then develop the skills as a golfer. You develop yourself as more of an athlete. So when you do then go to golf, things are really easy. You've got the sequencing and it it sounds like you obviously played a lot of cricket and you hit the golf ball a long way. Maybe a lot of the power has come from the other sports that you've done as well.
2: Yeah, I think it has. I mean, I I always had the mentality of trying to hit it hard. Um, Where did that come from? Was that something you just yourself or was that competition with people? I don't know to be honest I mean my old man said even when I was a kid I always used to try to smash a golf ball um, you know in the backyard I'd always throw something really hard I'd always want to hit a tennis ball really hard play table tennis I'd hit it hard playing pool or snooker I'd never had any touch I'd just try to smash it so I think (laughs) There's 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 a theme there and um, you know, I was blessed with some pretty decent sporting genes. Um, yeah. My mum's dad also played cricket for New Zealand, so yeah. um, you know there was some hand-eye coordination in there, and um, the sequencing stuff came pretty easy. And you know, when it came to golf, I never had a problem hitting the ball. I had a problem hitting it straight, but yeah. I never had a problem generating speed and finding the, the middle of the club face And um, you know, I guess when I took it seriously, I didn't find it too hard to you know to get to a. a a decent enough level with yeah. golf, you know, to get to a plus handicap and, you know, to be able to play tournament golf wasn't too much of a transition from from just being a, a weekend hack. And
0: it's interesting, you alluded to it there, that obviously your, your grandfather played cricket for New Zealand, your father, for anyone who doesn't know this was Grant Fox, who is Grant Fox, sorry, who um, was the leading point scorer when he retired but as, a, as an all black, as a fly half, uh, so obviously, I think the competitive nature for you as a child in that household, what were Christmases like? There must have uh, been some arguments. Board games. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, the no, there was no,
2: there was no board games or anything in our house. <laughs> Your it mother was, said no. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that. It was, everything was geared around sport, basically. Okay. I mean, you know, Dad and I used to play table tennis, pool. Um, we played a bit of cards to be fair, maybe not yeah. board games, but um, you know, golf, kicking a rugby ball round. You know, I've um, got, there's videos of me, you know, hitting a cricket ball round at three. And apparently I could pick a leg spinner, a googly, a top spinner out of my granddad's hand at three years old. No, um, unbelievable. I, I couldn't do it at 15, but <laughs> yeah. I could do it at, I could. Hence yeah. why playing golf. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I was just always, always something to do with sport a ball of my, amazing you know, and yeah, you know, just the competitive side was certainly there you know dad and i had a few arguments and <laughs> a few heated battles but I think we should that. <laughs> you know that's i think it's it's healthy and yeah. it's you certainly need that and in, in sport you need to be you need to be a competitor and it's yeah. I, I don't think it's it's a want to win it's a hate to Losing, to losing. More than anything yeah. else?
1: It's an interesting, isn't it, that you know a lot of people. I was speaking to, I think it was a Brett McCade, and he was talking about the the want to win, and, and I think we're having a discussion: what's more powerful, the want to win or the the hatred of losing? And I know for myself, mm. a lot of the time, I just don't like losing. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to lose, and I think it, it's certainly a powerful motivator, isn't it, to push on and and we almost want to get you to the top. I,
0: I, and I would say that you take this back to you, whether it was just with your father or with your friends, that actually when you're, in, when you're winning and there's just two of you, it's not, the, the actual winning I, w- I would say is like, it is it is almost like, oh, at least I didn't lose. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's that yeah. mentality, which is weird. You've just won, but you're thinking, thank God I didn't lose because my
2: dad would have absolutely mm. hammered me for a couple of days. Yeah, 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 I think, and <laughs> you, so, yeah. you talk to you, you, talk to anyone that's a, a really good competitor, they they hate losing more than yeah. they like winning. Um, I think golf's a hard sport to get it in though, because, you know, Football or rugby or cricket—it's yeah, it's one on one. Yeah, you know, it's a team on team. You know, it's you either win or you lose. Yeah, basically. Um, whereas in golf, you don't win. You don't much, win do very <laughs> often, um, and you never really get that scenario unless you're coming down the stretch with a chance to win. You know, if you're coming down the stretch or the and you're thirtieth, you, it's hard to you don't get those same feelings. Of you know, in match play you do, but we don't. We barely play any match play. So you was, did it once well this year. Yeah, didn't yeah, you? I, yeah. Which is, I mean, that's that's probably why it's the first time I played um, match play as a pro. Yeah, um, yeah. played a couple of events where had to qualify for the match play, and I failed to do that. But um, yeah, it's it's it is hard to get that mentality. I think you know Tiger's the one that's been able to do it best over yeah. such a long period of time. It, you know, I don't think it's it's not necessarily sustainable full time in golf. But Tiger did it for for such a long time. Again, um, conditioning and how he was yep. nurtured, I think. Yep. Similar to yourself, though. It's,
0: it's it's there, isn't it?
2: It's there, but, you know, golf in the end is actually, you're trying to beat the golf course. You don't, know? for the most part, and, until that back nine on, on Sunday with a chance to win, you don't really care what anyone else is doing. You, mm. You're worried about playing the golf course the best, and it's, it's hard to get that, sometimes those that really competitive, or those competitive juices flowing mm-hmm. um, if, if if it's not situation-independent.
0: So I suppose that a goal for you must be to play President's Cup? Yeah. I would say that would be something that you'd really want to be uh, yeah, I'd, involved I'd, in.
2: Yeah, I'd love to do that. I mean, it probably doesn't quite have the prestige of the Ryder Cup and that's maybe to do with the results, the US dominating that so much. But um, certainly, you know, I grew up in a environment where representing a country was the highest honour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, golf doesn't really have that as much and I guess the President's Cup would be the big thing for me. Yeah. As a, you know, Making the Olympics was, was probably quite close and you know, playing a World Cup is, is something similar but you, you know, it's not like making your national team mm-hmm. um, and you know, the, I guess the President's Cup would be the closest I could get to that and it's certainly a goal some sometime in the future. It would be nice to see you in it for sure.
1: And obviously, this this we alluded to the match play as well, Ryan. You've had your first win on the European Tour in February two thousand, obviously two thousand and nineteen. I think you beat Adrian Nategi in the final. Yep. So yep. We know Adrian. Adrian's a yeah. great guy as well. I'm lucky. <laughs> the what would you say is? I mean, European Tour. The, the the level and the standard nowadays is so is so high. What does it take? And, and what do you feel that it, that it's took to get to that win on the European Tour? What is what are the hard things about it? Because I think people who watch the European Tour and and even the PGA Tour they see the you know you're playing golf every week in these in these fantastic locations they don't necessarily see what goes on behind the scenes the sacrifices what's been the hardest thing and what are the hard things in order to sort of be on tour what what do you feel that they are
2: well the hardest thing actually getting on tour I mean it's hard to win obviously I mean the, the standard's so high out there there's so you know and it it's, seems to be getting stronger every year you know there's more and more young guys coming out that are at 22 that are ready to to destroy golf courses yeah. and and seem to be really confident for almost no reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, to get on it, you think you know, a Q school. How many people go to first stage? Well, there's pre qualifying for first stage acute Q school. I mean, was it five thousand people? Yeah. Ten thousand people, like that, or something. Yeah. It's yeah. a silly yeah. amount, yeah. and twenty five people get a card yeah. out of that. And you know, there's. Just to get on Challenge Show, there's probably 300-350 guys that play throughout a Challenge Show season, maybe even more, and 15 get a card out of that. So you know the odds of actually making it are are tough, and yeah. that transition from being a good amateur until playing professional golf is is pretty brutal. And um, you know you can do all the work and have a poor week at the wrong time, and you might never have a career. And there's you know there's a little bit of luck involved in it, yeah. I think, to a point, you know. You, yeah, no matter how well you prepare for a week, sometimes something might might just go wrong and you don't get it. It just doesn't work. And if that week's a Q-School, when you happen to fail, you might never get yeah, get out on tour. And, you know, you hear so many good stories about people that have been to Q-School 10, 12 times that finally get through, but for every one of those, there's the equal amount of guys or, probably more that have been 10 or 12 times and never got through when you don't hear from them again.
1: I think there's a, you, mentioned a, you mentioned a word you mentioned about failing there and I think this is something that, as you make the transition from amateur golf to professional and trying to get on the European tour, there's, there's going to be a lot of failures because, like you say, the, the margins to get to these different places are so small. What would you say that has been your, not your favourite failure, but what would you say when you look back, it was a failure at that point that may have hurt, but when you look back at it now, you go, actually, I'm actually really thankful that happened. Have you got
2: one? Yeah, it was actually a pretty easy one. Um, the first year I played Challenge. I, I'd i never been to Europe. I would I signed with a management company and got some starts on Challenge Tour and I won my fourth event. I, I had a couple of top tens. I qualified for the Open and my first trip to Europe at St Andrews and then the week after the Open I won in or drail in France. Easy game. So I I went from (laughs) no status in Europe, never been here, to full status on the Challenge Tour. And I was sitting really good on the Order of Merit at that point. And I made some mistakes schedule-wise at the end of the year. I played poorly towards the back end and it was more travel-based. I did back and forth from New Zealand four times in, in five months. Um, spent, I did I think a 10 week trip to Europe, an 8 week trip to Europe, a 3 week trip to Europe and a 1 week trip to Europe and that, you know, your body just can't deal with mm. that and I played poorly at the back end of the year and ended up missing my European tour card by one place, I finished 16th on the Challenge Tour and it was something like €2,000 Euro, which you can find pretty easily <laughs> in, in a lot of tournaments. So I'd skipped tournaments, I'd had poor last rounds, I'd had poor third rounds and um, you know, that really hurt and it took it took six months for me to kind of get over that but I went in 2016, I played a little bit of European Tour to start the year, played really badly and then decided to go back to Challenge and just focus on that for the rest of the year and um, ended up having a bunch of top tens, another win and, and finished fourth that year on Challenge Tour and um, certainly came back, a, I think, a better player. Um, understand, Understood the travel more. I Understood you know, tour life a little bit more. It was the first time I'd really done a, a full season of travel. Yeah. Um, you know, playing on the Aussie Tour, we kind of had fifteen events a year, and you know, you wouldn't that all kind of bunch together. So you never had a, a proper tour season as such. And that was the first year I kind of did it properly. And um, I think the benefit of missing out fifteen was actually that experience. Yeah, and yeah. Looking back on it, I'm, I'm not sure. If I'd have got through in fifteen, I would have kept a card in sixteen but yeah, yeah. I, I, you know i I finished thirty something on the money list in 2017 so I, you know I, when I came out here I think I was ready I was ready
1: it, It's interesting to me and I think that's that's a question that I sort of wanted to ask because I think it's so at your level I think it's so important to understand and for the guys who are sort of listening or watching this that it's not just, it doesn't just always go to plan. You don't just play great or oh, get on the tour and it's, it's all nice, you know. You go through some tough times and I think this is what separates the the best from the, the people who don't make it is that when they do have these failures, if you like, they use that and they go, right, okay, I'm, I'm gonna use that as motivation. That's yep. not happening again. And at the time, it's painful. But when you look back, you go, I'm actually really glad that I missed, missed out there because it's made me stronger now to, to push on and, and for the for the just general viewers are listening to this we go in the golf course and we have some bad times but we've got to use that to go right okay what can i learn from that experience how can i be better next time or what one of the things that i can practice to better prepare myself
2: yeah, yeah we're in the worst game for that because it's <laughs> yeah. frustrating as hell yeah. and you can do a bunch of things right and you, you can be swinging it really nicely and not score you can be swinging it really badly and somehow get it round. Yeah, you know, there's there's no sometimes no rhyme or reason for it, and um, when it's your job, it can sometimes be even worse. Isn't that important though to have the right attitude around that? Obviously, because yeah. yeah. some people won't,
0: and I'm sure you know golfers who won't have that attitude.
2: Yeah, well, there's there's plenty of them, and they're you know they're generally the guys that don't succeed. You know, there's plenty of guys that just get down and whinge and complain, and uh, or just let it get to them and get angry, and you know this game will this game will get the best of us. You know, I'm sure Tiger's had it you know Justin Rose had some pretty brutal times at the start mm. of his career um, you know everyone's gone through it and you know in the end those top guys are the ones that have got through it and have learnt from it and um, uh, you as you said use that failure as motivation and um, you know there's plenty of guys that have had it the other way that have yeah. that have let it get to them and find it burn out got sick of it just and you know, give the game up for you know, the talents there and just the mindset wasn't.
0: Yeah. So what, this kind of leads into this, I suppose, a little bit potentially, but what is the most, in your mind, for you, what's the most important thing that makes you the golfer you are on tour, that allows you to play and have this as a, a career?
2: Um us to pick one thing. That's a hard one. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think there's a mentality of trying but not Caring, and I know that it's not right because you obviously care. But when you get out on the golf course, DJ is the best example of it. DJ just goes, "I've got to hit it there," and hits it. Doesn't. If it goes in the crap, it goes in the crap. He doesn't. He obviously cares what his results are, yeah. but doesn't care about the outcome of a yeah. singular golf shot. Mm-hmm. And that's the best to have that attitude. There's a there's a trust, there's a commitment there, but also there's no. Yeah, yeah. as such and I think that's, you know, I, I kind of... Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Wouldn't I, that be nice? I, look, I, I still get it but, you know, the best sort of my breakout year on the Australian yeah. Tour, if, um, my third year as a pro was when I kind of managed to get that concept for the most part and I've tried to take that into the rest of it. Yeah, you know, and it's hard. The bigger events you play, the more you tend to care, and it's hard to find that that balance. But um, yeah, I think that's a it's a good mindset to have, and one I've sort of tried to tried to have going forward. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, it, it does get harder when it's your job, when you, you know, you're trying to play for a tour card, and every shot seems to matter more, right. and, and that kind of stuff. But in the end, it's you've got to try as hard as you can to get a good golf shot, and if you don't, you don't.
1: And I suppose that, that level of caring changes over the season sometimes, depending on maybe how you're feeling and how you're swinging yep. it, and it's being able to be out there and just, I suppose, play with that freedom, isn't it? Yeah. A freedom to go, well, I'm going to play. Whatever the result is, the result is that. Yep. But it, it, it's easier, it's a lot it's, easier yeah. said than done, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and look, it, it, it comes from confidence as well. If you know you're, you're swinging it well, you're not worried about a bad shot, but if you yeah, if you don't know where it's going and it fe- your golf swing feels horrible, well, it's hard to stand over a shot, fully committed to it, and not worry about the yes. outcome. Um, it, it's it all goes in cycles, and you, you know golf when it's good, and I'm sure most of the viewers have had it. It feels pretty easy. You know you don't you almost don't think about it. You know it is the the DJ mentality. Yeah, I've got man. to hit. I see it and hit it. Yeah. And the problem is when it's not there is to try to get that same mentality and mm. you know sometimes it's, it's a battle you, you, you can't win yeah you start processing then
0: almost things that you shouldn't be looking at so i suppose the easiest one for us and we see it as coaches is the technique mm. so that's when you know for an amateur golfer then who's looking at that when things start to go wrong they'll go into the technique whereas actually <coughs> excuse me what the, the thing that we always try to instill in people is, well, okay, you need to accept that you are, acceptance obviously is a big yeah. thing, accept that you are gonna hit bad shots, but have tools ready for you when it's not going right. Yeah. So if, it is going, if it's going right and left, for instance, okay, have a tool that you think can hit it down the left yeah. and keep it down there, yeah. for instance. Yeah. I think that's really important. Like a lot of golfers just don't have those tools to, to bail them out of trouble. It's like they either play great or they play bad.
2: Yeah. I- I think the hard thing with golf is, it's it's not out there, you know. in you play cricket, you play rugby, you play football. You're reacting to something that's coming at you, so it's all it's almost unconscious to a point. And the fact that that bloody golf ball doesn't move, <laughs> you get, you've got way too much time to think about it. And it's it's the chicken and egg scenario. Yeah, you know, if you're not technically not quite there, even if you are out there. You're not, you're not necessarily going to hit good shots yeah. but sometimes like you don't know whether you need to be tr- try to make a reaction just focus on a shot hit a shot not worry about anything or you need to work on the technique and you know, sometimes you withdraw into that technique side of things and forget about the golf shot you're trying to hit and golf becomes too hard you know you, it's, it's all trying to find that that right balance and you know when everything's going well it's quite easy yeah, yeah. but it's when you know, yeah, you're, you only go well, I think for us it's something, the stats are something like you make 80% of your money and 20% of your weeks. Yeah. So there's obviously 80% of your weeks, you, yeah. you're kind of struggling and it's trying to find that balance between, well, yeah. technically I'm not quite there but I still need to somehow make it reactionary. I yeah. somehow need to just focus on the shot, the targets and then just kind of commit to that and what will be will be.
1: Yeah. And if you think about it, if, if the, the best players in the world are technically not there, well, what are the, the, the majority of the amateurs doing? I think this is an important thing, isn't it? If you're, your golf isn't necessarily going to be on point a lot of the time, well, you've got to, you've got to find ways to just deal with that on the golf course. You've yep. got to, your expectations have got to be pretty real to, to understand the yep. level that you're going to play so you're not disappointed on shots. But then you've got to find a way to actually manage your game based on not necessarily being on point as well. Yeah,
2: you do. And- Oh, that's what we do really well like you hit you miss stuff in the right place you know there's one place on the whole you can't hit it and no matter how bad you're feeling you manage to manipulate it so it doesn't go there um, and you know amateurs can can learn a lot from that you know to, to Sorry, is that instinct for you or is that planning a little bit of both I mean you okay. yeah, you know we get to see a golf course before we go and play it generally um, you know tournament weeks you get a, at least see a golf course once so you know you you and we do it 25, 30 times a year. So you get used to seeing how to, how to play a golf course, but it's, it's also instinct. You kind of know if a pin's tucked hard left and there's a big deep bunker on the left, you just stay away from that, that bunker or there's OB stakes down the left. You just, yeah. yeah you do what you can to, even if it feels bad, to at least get it in play somewhere and in the end, it doesn't matter how it's, how many. Yeah. I know that's, that's a cliche that's used <laughs> yeah. a lot, but so, so it's- key. You know, it doesn't matter if you hit three greens or you hit 18 greens and shoot 72, you've still had 72. One yeah. of them's a lot easier than the other to, mentally to deal with, but yeah. in the end it's still the same score.
1: And that's what the best do. The best players in the world, when they're not on the game, they can still manage their way around the golf course yep. with what they've got on that day and still shoot 69 and keep themselves in with a chance of actually continue to make the cut or just be up there for the last day.
2: Well Justin Rose at the US Open is a great yeah. example of that. You know, you could see he was frustrated. I watched a bit of it over the weekend and he had a a lot of shots that he wasn't happy with. But a short game as putting yeah. saved him and then when he did yeah. hit a good shot he took advantage of it. Yeah. And that's um, you know he I'm sure he'll admit he he wasn't he wasn't anywhere near his best, but he still finished third yeah. at a US Open. You know that's that's the epitome of just getting it around a golf course.
1: And there's a, there's a certain mentality that you need for that as well, don't you? Because it would be so easy, and I think certainly for the viewers and the listeners of this, if their game starts to go during a round, maybe on the fifth or sixth hole, a lot of them will go, well, it's, oh, this is not my day today. I'm, I'm out of it. I might have just made a double or something. It's like, okay, I've, I've messed my round up. Instead of going, well, look, I've made a double. Let's hang in there. Let's keep going. Let's keep grinding it out and see if we can rescue something from the round and I find that if you stay with that mentality for long enough, you're building up that sort of mental strength, then you just keep going, don't you? You don't let the course and let the bad shots sort of bury you in terms of stopping, really.
2: Yeah. There's nothing wrong with getting angry or frustrated, but it's then being able to move on. It's that acceptance of, okay, well, I did hit a bad shot. Yeah. I've still got to hit another, yeah. you know, 30 more for the day. Well, let's try to hit as many of those good as as possible and sometimes it just doesn't work but you know if you can you know accept it and just focus on what's coming up next and and try artist on the next the next shot and do all the right processes again to use a cliche you know you're gonna have more good shots than bad you
0: can't suppress it I like in DJ as you say DJ is a good example of someone who suppresses it look Brooks Koepka seems the same as well but there are some people like maybe a Tyrrell Hatton and uh, maybe a Matt Wallace who will show that outwardly but then generally speaking they're pretty good at recovering on the next one yeah they will probably admit they need to be better but they have an ability to at
2: some point shut it off yeah but I mean someone like Tyrrell or Matt might not it might not work for them if they do shut it off yeah exactly you know they 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 need to get it out if and you know I'm a little bit the same I don't get angry but I'll certainly have some stern words to myself and if I don't if I don't do that well <laughs> then you know it just bottles up and eventually yeah, yeah. it just you blow up completely yeah, yeah. whereas yeah, there's nothing wrong with swearing or you know losing the you know chucking a club every now and then. In the don't right, do that at home guys. And, and, <laughs> no, but as long as you get over it yeah, and I, yeah. like you know we get fined for it which is fair enough you don't want to see that on TV and thankfully, I've never been—I've never been fined. I've it always been caught. <course, but> never <laughs> been caught. No, no, yeah. I mean, golf's a frustrating game. If you've—if you've never said one of the bad four-letter words playing golf, I don't believe this. <laughs> you. So, you know, it's—you know—some people are just more fiery than others. It's just that acceptance of it in the end, and yeah. not taking it into the next exactly, shot. And yeah. Tyrrell's good at that. I mean, there's—there's there's no doubt Matt's good at that. You know, it's just. It's just the a bad shot can elicit a bad reaction out there. Yeah.
1: yeah, deal with it, get it, get it out of your system, yep. move on, and focus on what's next.
2: Yep. I think that's an important part. Is it?
0: I have something that I have to go back to as well because I was going to ask this question anyway, and it's a little bit to do with a tactic that every every you know people listening to this can hopefully take out of this but obviously you said your golf ball's there it's not moving it's like a penalty kick but have you had a, did you have any input from your father because obviously that was his speciality a dead ball you know and, and being able to with the crowd booing maybe and things like that and obviously he's got his target did he have any input at all into how to do that process
2: yeah I mean it's it's a very similar process you know it's very it's
0: you know, got a fair it's, way it's, to it almost it's, hasn't it's it?
2: static it's but you you're trying hard on like I did, he. I was a goal kicker when I played rugby, okay. so I, I, I kind of started it. That process really, nice. really early Good. with him, and um, it's just it is trying to be as out there as possible. You know, it's if you think, Dad's a little different than me. Dad was very analytical, so he always wanted to know. If he missed it, if he missed it left or right, what caused it? I'm, I'm sort of not really too worried unless it's a trend. If you miss a bunch right yeah. in a row, well then. Yeah. It's worth fixing. If you hit one right, it could be ten different things. So why worry about it? Yeah. So we we actually butted heads a little bit about that early on, uh, and it caddied for me a lot as an amateur. But there is definitely some parallels in you know in trying to be as target focused as possible, small targets. Um, you know, routine's important. You know, and that was drilled into me really early as a goal kicker, and I kind of carried that on into golf really easily. My routine's always been quick, but it's still a routine.
1: Yeah. It's good, isn't it, to, to have some of the things that you've done in your other sports and transfer them over to to help you with golf. Yep. I've got a question for you. You've had your first win, which is obviously a goal of yours when you when you're sort of coming on tour and you go through the ranks to, to, to win a European Tour event. And we talked about goals earlier on the golf course. Now you've got to that point where you've won European Tour events. You just got married, had a bit of time off. What are you? What are what are the What's the future in terms of your goals now? What's, what's next? And have you had time over the last few weeks to sort of think about that and go, right, well, I've got that win under my belt. What does the next five years look like?
2: Yeah, look, I probably, I said it on the golf course, but I probably struggled straight after the win. You know, I kind of half-assed reset them and then probably didn't realize how big a deal winning was. And i actually didn't get a chance to really celebrate until quite a way after it. I went straight to Mexico. We had the New Zealand Open after that, um, and then we we got we got married and I had all the friends there for the wedding. But it was you know the wedding was a celebration itself. It wasn't kind of yeah for winning. And it just it, my stag do was probably the celebration <laughs> <Yeah>. for winning. <laughs> we talk about that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, but you know it, it. I probably didn't reset them well enough, and you know I've struggled since I came back from honeymoon. Um, and it's not the honeymoon's fault by any means, but I think the direction wasn't quite there, the structure wasn't quite there, um, got used to being a little bit lazy and and all of that, which is, you know, it's it's an important thing in life, you've got to do it. So I sort of sat down um, at the USPGA, actually, I had a chat to Steve Hansen, who's the All Blacks coach, whom my old man knows really well, and he's very good at that kind of stuff, and just said, you know, just take a step back, reset, Um, there's nothing wrong with failure, but, well nothing wrong with frustration, but it's how you use frustration. Um, and so I sort of look back and said, well okay, there's, there's two things, well one major thing I want to I wanna tick off by the end of the year, and that's to make it in that top 15 in the world. Um, and that's you know, to get into all those big events. Yeah. So, um, you know, hasn't worked the last few weeks, but the golf game's been trending in the right direction. i, I played some pretty nice golf at Memorial to just miss the cut. I, I needed a birdie the ninth hole at Pebble to make the cut. So I haven't been that far away. It's, you know, it's just hard trying to find your golf game on, on tough golf courses. Yeah, yeah. But it sort of refocused me a little bit. And, um, you know, I know it's not far away now from being back to where it was. And, you know, I think you do need to go through those frustrating yeah, yeah. times to kind of get that motivation back. And, um, you know, I, it just it took a little bit for me to of understand how big a deal winning was because it was a goal for so long and then i was like oh it happened flew back to new zealand that night didn't really think much yeah, about yeah. it so i think and now it's had a bit more of a chance to settle in and um chance to reset actually helped but quite a bit
1: it is interesting isn't it when you know we, Pierce, we're some we're, we're both very goal orientated and mm-hmm. it's always interesting when you when you set goals and you think right okay i want to win a european tour events and then you go through the process of what you're doing to get there and then you, you, let's say you've won your European Tour event, it's sometimes a little bit of an anti-climax because you go, well, okay, I've, I've won, um, that's great, what, That's what okay. I was trying to do, Yeah. and? What, what's <laughs> next? It's like, well, you, you think you're going to feel maybe a certain way when you win, but really you, you're still maybe focusing on what you need to do next and push on and, and, and but it's important. Do you feel it's important for you to, to really step back and, and rethink really and go, actually, I've got to celebrate that because yeah. it is a goal of well, mine, yeah. I wanted to achieve it. Let's take stock of it.
2: Yeah, I think you, you have to celebrate your you know, your achievements. I mean, it's life's kind of a bit dull otherwise, isn't it? Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's been a goal of mine for, for so long and, and probably to not get the chance to celebrate it straight away. Yeah, We were planning on it and then I got into Mexico and gone, well, can't really say no to getting to playing a yeah. WGC and then the New Zealand Open. And you throw in all that from Perth to Auckland to Mexico City to Queenstown, you throw all that travel in, and your mm. body doesn't know what's going on, and the, the brain's all over the place. Yeah. And um, those weeks kind of feel like a bit of a, a blur. And then, um, you know, getting ready for a wedding and, and all of that stuff, it just never quite, I yeah, never really took the time to realise how. You know, how much that actually meant and then probably came back you know to British Masters I played Malaysia actually after the wedding but you know British Masters was I, I just wasn't quite there mentally it was just kind of oh, well it's going to happen it'll I'll be all right and yeah turned up and played quite shit to be honest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I kind of played terrible at the PJ and it kind of just gave me a kick in the ass and said well yeah. what are you what are you doing? Um, and then kind of spoke to Steve, spoke to my old man about it, and just yeah realized I needed to step back and reassess and work out what what I needed to do for the rest of the year. And you know goals are what motivate you. You know, you, if you don't have any goals, it's hard to get to find the energy, find the motivation to do anything. And, um Yeah, anyway. it took it took a little bit to, to get it back, and um, it feels like it's on the right path now, but. Um, you know, Missing five cuts in a row is not a not a whole lot of fun either. So, <laughs> but um, as you
0: say, these you know in in you know in in two years time we'll look back at these five missed cuts in a row and you go, oh okay, that's what I needed. Yeah. You know because if you have if you'd have played okay in those and you may have coasted for a bit longer maybe. Yep. We need you know, that pain, don't we? Yeah, you need that yeah, pain. For
2: sure. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. If I'd have got away with if I'd have made three out of the five cuts and finished thirtieth, have been like, oh my golf game's all right. You're not yeah, asking yeah. these questions that you're yep. asking now. Yeah. Instead of going, okay, well actually, what do I need to do to get better? Mm.
1: And you've mentioned a couple of times now your dad and steve and you know how how important is the team around you how 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 do you use those guys to get the most out of you i mean it seems like it's an important part for you
2: it is a really important part i mean you you talk to most guys i've got a, a fairly big team around them now um, you no know, i've been lucky enough to have access to I mean, I, you know my old man uh, he's still involved in the all blacks so steve hanson and it, it, you know it's not then steve's not part of the team but it's just nice to have someone to have a chat to in it's that regard. Yeah. Um, same with Steve Williams, I've got to know him quite well and just yeah. have someone to uh, bounce an idea off every now and again, ask a couple of questions. Has he ever been on the back? Uh, yeah, he's caddied yeah. for me a couple of times at nice. New Zealand Open, which is That's very cool. cool. Yeah. Um, a little intimidating as yeah. well, but, <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it's like my, my team would be um, Marcus, my coach, mm-hmm. who I've been with for a long time. Um, a guy, Paul was my trainer, back in New Zealand. Again, I've been working with him for 10 years. Um, he'd pr- probably say not working enough, and I'd probably, I'd probably agree <laughs> with him, <laughs> but. Um, He's going to the gym straight after, honest? Yeah, I actually am. <laughs> there go. Um, then a physio in New Zealand, a guy called Trevor Montgomery, who I've been working with um, for, again, 10, 12 years. And then uh, Ian Keenan, my manager, yep. um, with Wasserman, and then various other guys um, there's some physios over here that I've been doing some, some work with, who, you know, you know, see Trevor two or three times a year back at home, so I okay. needed someone out here, so I'm going to screw up his name, but Bas van der Struer, a Dutch guy who okay. works with uh, Joost Louten and Bernd Wiesberger as well, yep. and he's been an addition to the team over the last couple of years, and really enjoyed that. And, and just recently this year started working with Carl um, Morris a Sports Psych. Yep. And yeah, Carl. four weeks before I won, so really, that was yeah.
1: a nice addition. Nice. There. So, Carl's claiming the
2: whole of that victory.
0: Yeah, yeah. Itself, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was and there. Basically. He was there texting you as the winning put went in. Well yeah. done. <laughs>
2: yeah. and, and you know, that's that's a pretty normal, um, you know, group for for most tour guys out there now. You know, you yeah. you don't see too many guys that are are fully self sufficient out there, and I yeah. don't think yeah. you can be anymore. Um, it's we play for too much money. It's too big a business for to leave any stone unturned. Yeah. And, um, you know, the body's really important. You know, the physio part for me is probably feels like it's almost the most important. Mm. If the body can't move properly, you can't swing it exactly the right, right. way. And um, you know, adding boss while on tour has been a been a big help. You know, mm. normally the travel kind of screwed me towards the end of the year and, you know, he's helping keeping that in check throughout the year and, you know, just making it you are trying to take as many variables out yeah, as possible. Yeah. You know, you want if your body feels the same way then it each day it's kinda easier to swing it the same way each day and you're not waking up one morning and go, Oh, I feel different. What's <laughs> where's the ball <laughs> gonna go today? And I
1: suppose it's it's not just performance either. Again, we're talking on the course, it's not just about hitting it as far as you can, it's about keeping your plane for as long as you can. Yeah. You want your career now to be stretched out for as long as possible.
2: Yeah. And your health I
1: suppose as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's I mean Yeah, you wanna you want to be out here as long as you can. You know, I golf my passion, and I don't want to be 35 and broken down and not be able to play again. Um, and I is 42 and broken down and not being able to play again. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I nearly said it, but I thought no. <laughs> but you know, it's it's. I think it's a pretty important part. You see those older guys like VJ, and yeah. I mean Gary Player was probably the first to to really do it, and then Tiger changed it completely with mm. the, the whole athlete side, and you can't really get away with it anymore no, not no. doing it and it's um, so much force on the body I don't think people realize especially if you go at it really hard your knee your ankle your mm. lower back wrist I mean you know the, if you're not getting you know routine treatments and you know you know at least doing something in the gym something's going to give eventually.
0: Yeah, we, we spoke about this a bit and, and for me I really do feel that burnouts is a possibility now with the modern day golfer in the forces they say put on in the body, how the body can break down, but also the money that they win now as well. So you can have guys who are mid 30s going, Do you know what? The body's not feeling great. I don't need to do this. I've anymore. done a load, I've won a load of money. I, I'm, I'm good. Anthony Kemp. Yeah, well, there we go. There we go. He, still, he still, still can't play, can he? He can never play again, can he? Because no. of his insurance claim. Yeah. Yeah. But know, I mean, he was. So he
2: picks up a golf club in a tournament, he's done, he's got to pay his money back. Yeah. But I mean, he was an absolute gun. Yeah. It was, and you know, it's unfortunate that it happened. But it, he's probably got to a point where, he, yeah. you know, if he was struggling, and he might give it a crack again. But yeah. why does he need to? No, he doesn't need to. It doesn't need to. Anything that. Should we finish on some some uh, some some quick
0: fire quick questions fire from questions from the guys? From the yeah. yeah. Okay. From a few different people, Instagram I've got one and that, and well, he's going to load go that
1: up. So you have got one course to play. You can only play one golf course one
2: one round, your last round of golf, where would it be? Uh, it's
1: a cheery question isn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite place to play is a place called Tareedi in New Zealand. Um, recently opened, It's a. am not a member there by any means but I've got a couple of mates who are members there and I've been lucky to, to have played up there a few times and it's right on the coast, it's a Lynx golf course. I, l- I love Lynx golf, As probably my results have shown yeah. in the last couple of years um, and it's it's just got a great feel about it. It's a fun golf course to play. Um, and yeah, I think if I had one round left, I'd probably go play there. I think we need to go there. We, so we
0: need to, we actually are gonna plan a trip to New Zealand at some point. And obviously, you know,
2: Jack's Point is meant to be Jack's, really cool. Kerry Cliffs, Cape Kidnappers. Cape Kidnappers, yeah. heard of that. Um, Tara Wairaki There's, We got a few. We need, travel we need go travel guide. We got a travel guide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> when you go back next, let us know when we're jumping on the same yep. flight. Okay, so you've just actually said that. One of the questions is about obviously playing golf in New Zealand, what's your favorite? Um, and someone has already asked as well, why do you seem to play so well at the Irish Open? But can you add to that? Why do you always play I, well there?
2: I've always, the players? I always Guinness. I like. <laughs> no, I actually, I'm not a. I'm not a beer a Guinness man at all. No. I just. I know. I've always thought Ireland has a good feel to it. It feels a little bit like home. It yeah. feels pretty comfortable there, and I love links golf. Yeah. Um, I love the creativity that you you need to to I mean, play. you said it. yeah. And you. I think links golf, for the most part, you've got to control your ball pretty well, and I like trying to do that. I like hitting draws, with, not so much off the tee, but iron shots. I like hitting draws and fades and floating it low and high, and using slopes to move it in towards the hole and that kind of stuff. And you know, hitting little bump and run chips and putting from 40 yards if you have to, that kind of stuff.
1: Imagination, creativity. Yep. You need when the wind's blowing left to right or into your face, you can't just sort of go through the route. No, you can't stuff, just hit, can a nor- you? You
2: can't hit a normal shot. No. And I've never been, I've always been one that likes manipulating stuff. Chuck yeah. it back, shut it down, hit a big low hook. You know, that, yeah, yeah. The, fun, the I find that fun. Yeah. And you know, it's different golf, isn't you've it, kind of got of it? to, you have to do that playing Lynx yeah. Golf. Yeah, Lynx
0: Golf, so Portrush, good luck. Enjoy. Mm, I'm yes. looking forward there to there you you You'll love it, you'll love it. So hitting a 410, during my range sessions, how much time should I dedicate to putting?
2: A lot. lot. There we go, there we go. Good answer.
0: I'm happy with that. Um, Let me have a look here. Favourite European tour event on the continent? From golfing Scotland, that is. Um, (laughs) So they're obviously trying to lead you in there. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) I've got got two, the Irish Open and downhill (laughs) links.
0: There we go, there's one for you Scotland. There we go, perfect, love it. And we've got a lot of questions on the favourite course in New Zealand. Let's just go one more. I mean, okay, this is this is interesting. I'm, I'm going to get asked this one, so, <laughs> Zach, so, so it's a good one. It's a good one still. <laughs> so it's not Trotty's question. Okay. Um, so Zach Davis, 35. How many hours a day did you practice as a teen? So obviously, with your background, you weren't doing Zero. anything. You weren't doing anything. So how many hours a day were you actually practicing sport and train and obviously striking?
2: Oh God knows, it was a lot. I used to coach tennis as a kid. Yeah. Um, I mean, we used to cricket go cricket training three three times a week. Um, rugby training was the same, three times a week, plus a fitness session in the mornings, which really sucked. <laughs> How uh, early? Oh, they were like the seven o'clock, and it was oh. always bitterly cold. And, yeah. Yeah, that a lot, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, w- it was a lot. Like I, yeah, I always was doing something.
0: Yeah, you know, and that was kind of what I was after, really, because if you think about it, every session that you're doing and every sport that you're doing, not is it just physical, it's striking, it's technical, it's tactical. Yeah. So you're learning all of these processes whilst doing these sports. Yeah. So then you become a ready-made athlete by the time you're 18. Yeah, I so. mean,
2: I was kicking it. I used to kick a soccer ball. I, uh, it's, I know it's football over here, but it's soccer for us back home. Is kick it a, soccer for you guys? I yeah. suppose it
0: is rugby football? Or uh, is it rugby? Sort
2: of, I don't know. It's uh, our. Our rugby union is the New Zealand Rugby Football yeah. Union, so okay, it's yeah. kind of there's enough of a crossover there that football, soccer,
0: whatever you guys call it, we should call it because <laughs> you're the best, so <laughs> for um, sure.
2: <laughs> you know, so I was always doing that table tennis. Um, you know, I used to hit golf balls around the backyard, I used to goal kick in the backyard as a kid and go kick in bare feet and come in until you, when you couldn't feel your toes and that kind of, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to put hours on it because most of it was just fun. Fun, yeah. yeah. Apart from the fitness training for rugby, <laughs> they. It's, it's interesting, isn't it?
1: Because you listen to all the things that you used to do, Ryan. As well, you've got, you know, kicking. You've got sort of batting. You've got all sorts of things going on. You've even got table tennis, which all again, s- great for control of the club face and things like that. It's, of the it's first so many things he, great things.
0: One of the first things he said was sequence. Exactly. Was good at sequencing, and that is. All of those sports are designed to sequence.
2: Throwing, I always yeah. had a really good arm. Yeah, you know, I was not very accurate arm, but always, I always could throw it quite hard. Yeah, and it was just- it's, Catch this, dad. Yeah, it was <laughs> always the same thing. It's, yeah, it's, I never had an issue. As soon as I picked up a golf club, it just, the way down always moved the right way. Yeah, yeah. The club was never in the right position, but it always, yeah. the, the sequence of you figured hips, it out. yeah arms, hands kind of moved in the right yeah. way. Yeah, you can see that when you hit the ball, for exactly, sure, I longest yeah. on tour. Exactly. Some lesson. There's a lesson definitely to be learned oh, by, t- by the younger I'll, guys. I'll, I will say, Cameron Champ's got me covered easy. I've seen really, him hit yeah. balls, and there's much more speed than yeah. anyone else has got. Well, he's so not low uh, though. You, he's you talk about so low. Though, I mean,
0: he he's spinning it at three and a half thousand RPM, which is yeah, he's crazy. Down. He's down three and, and four degrees down. And yeah. Launching it's, it's, at seven.
2: It, he would. I don't think he'd hit it on the planet if he got yeah. two up and no spin, but it. Go scary, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Which one 130 mile per hour, but there's some guys coming out, Matt Wolf coming out now, and he's obviously Mm. generating 130's club head speed. He was longer than Champ, I think, at his first event, wasn't he? So,
2: yeah, I mean, yeah, if you you know, still got to be able to play though, you still got to be able to play, but length is a massive asset now, yeah. It is, if I was a kid learning the game now, I'd just smash the shit out of everything. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Just, you know, it's easier to, it's much easier to learn how to hit it straight yeah, yeah, later on than it is to tap it round and then all of a sudden get to a point where you go on tour and go, I've got to pick up 15 yards. Yeah. That's really hard to do. The only guy that's probably done it successfully lately is Francesca. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he had a pretty good move to Yeah. To start with anyway. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think, I think it's interesting that we, we say as coaches that, give us much rather have an athlete at 15 as opposed to a golf expert at 15. Cause yep. you can do anything with an athlete. You can't, a golf expert, it's probably gonna burn out as well at yep. an early age, for sure.
1: I think for the parents listening to, listening to this, who've got young you kids, do. don't really try and focus them on hitting it straight, get them to hit it as far as they can. It doesn't matter yep. if they're losing their balance, get them to smash it as far as they can, because as they get older, you can, you can sort of rein that in, but it's very hard to create the speed a little bit later in life, as, as we can see. From Ryan, you know he was smashing it all over the place. Maybe when you were younger, oh, yeah. but now you've dialed it in, and now <laughs> oh, you're yeah. European Tour winner, so it speaks for itself. We've been
0: discussing yeah. uh, discussing that with discussing discussing that with parents probably for the last 15, 20 years, and bordering on arguing with parents and saying, "Look, we can get him straighter at some point. We exactly. just, we've got to give him a whack."
2: Yeah, it's yeah. You just need to length now is such a big advantage, and I, I mean, I, you could delve really really deep into. Some stats, if you wanted to, but it's basically you hit driver unless you really can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you hit the further down, the better. Yeah, yeah of, of course. Yeah, know, if you're in the. Yeah, well. obviously you want to be somewhat within the realms of your golf hole. That generally helps, but yeah. um, you know the longer longer is better now, and you, yeah. you're just going to see more and more college kids coming out, or you know the Map or whatever that. Absolutely smash it yeah. mm. Um I would say I played with a college kid yesterday actually out at uh, St. George's and he's he said that average in college is probably more than the average in the PGA yeah, Tour in be, terms yeah. of carry But you know you see you play harder golf courses eventually it's got to get rained in yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. But you know guaranteed guys like Gary Woodland or Bubba or DJ They've got plenty more on the tank if, if, they, want if they want it or need it. Indeed yeah. indeed
0: Brilliant. Superb. Also yep. actually just quickly on your Instagram, I know that you've got a very good cause that you're sort of uh, involved in. Can you just actually just uh, talk about that quickly?
2: So Birdies for Rhinos, there's quite a few of us involved in it. Um, a Couple of South African guys who I know really well on tour, kind of started up Justin Walters and Dean Burmester. Um, but they've got Justin Rose involved, Richard Bland. Um, there's, I, there's probably 10 or 12 of us now. And yep. if I try to name everyone, I'm gonna miss <laughs> someone out, so <laughs> I won't do that. Um, but yeah, it, we're basically donating birdies to help save the rhinos and it's um, in conjunction with Dimension Data who's a South African company and basically using technology to, to stop rhino poaching. Excellent. Um, and their test park that they, they first introduced the technology in, um, they hadn't had a rhino poached in something like 700 days. Wow. Um, so you know, obviously the, the technology is working, and every little bit um, helps. And um, you know, it's my nickname at home from some people is Rhino, so it was kinda, <laughs> uh, kind of kind of an easy easy one to be be involved <laughs> in. And, um, You know, I, I love going to South Africa. My, yeah. we did a honeymoon in, in Africa and oh, nice. did safaris, and um, you know, just it would be a shame to yeah to lose, to lose them. Yeah, to yeah. lose them. hundred no, percent. And then you know, it's got the upside that. You're not just helping the rhino out, you know. If you're, if, in creating a park that's free of poaching, you're stopping mm-hmm. the elephant poaching and all yeah. the other other stuff going on Phenomenal. there as well. So, really good. Um, yeah, check it out, guys and girls. Really also,
1: good. for the guys who want to follow you and your journey for the rest of the season, where where's the best place for them to follow you? Instagram, Facebook, or probably website? Instagram. Yeah. Um,
2: nice and easy, Rhino Golfer. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Spelt normally, nothing yeah. weird in there. Same with Twitter. Okay. okay. Um, my, my wife does quite a bit of the social media. She's a lot better at it than me. So <laughs> um, there should be some good stuff there, hopefully. If not, you can blame her. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, it's like not it. on you. Great, see brilliant. You
1: we'll have a great season. Thanks so much for your time, you. Ryan. Thanks, it's great. really Thanks. good to Thanks, see you Andy. today. Have a good one. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the Me and My Golf podcast. We hope you enjoyed that and got some value from that. And if you did, then please share that episode with a friend. And if you can do us a real big favor and head over to iTunes and leave us a review, it really does help this podcast grow and reach more golfers. And our mission is to help as many golfers around the world as we can play some better golf. So it really would mean a lot to us. One question that we get asked a lot is Andy Pierce, how can we get coaching from you? Well, now you can have myself and Pierce as your very own personal online golf coach. And we've created a, a platform that infuses our coaching experience and philosophy into a fantastic community that's packed full of weekly videos that will really help transform your golf. We've got coaching plans on specific areas in the game, we have a shot fixer section which really enables you to fix your faults fast so you can see results immediately on the golf course. And we really want to build a, a tribe of golfers that are committed to Playing the best golf of their lives and like I say now this is the closest thing that you're going to experience to get me and Pierce on the lesson tee with you and we'd love to have you part of this fantastic community so head over to meandmygolf.com and look have a go we have a 14-day free trial that you can take advantage of see what it's like and if it fits right for you then fantastic and we'll hope to see you there thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on the me and my golf podcast